You're listening to Law and Gospel on this new month, Monday, May the 2nd in the year 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we like to look at one of the lessons for the following Sunday, which is the fourth Sunday of Easter, occurring on May the 8th. The uh, first lesson during the Easter season is taken from the book of Acts. And it's all about Paul talking to the church. The second lesson is from the book of Revelation. And the third lesson is John chapter 10. We're going to take a look at the section on Paul. Because we just read recently in church about his conversion on the road to Damascus how he was blinded, met with Ananias, and therefore came to faith. So he's now writing, and this is in Luke's book, Acts chapter 20, beginning with verse 17. Now, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, this is what he said to them. And, boy, this is a a lengthy talk that he has, but it has some important points for us, particularly from a law and gospel point of view. He begins, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. So obviously Paul here is talking about what had occurred after he had been saved, after justified, after having received the gift of the Holy Spirit in holy baptism. And when God uh, in a vision told Ananias to go to Paul, you'll recall Ananias said, wait a minute, you sure you want me to do this? Because he's been plotting against the Christians, taking them to Jerusalem. And God said, no, I have chosen him uh, to be a messenger for me. And he will learn what it means to suffer for me. So it's not at all unusual that Paul talks about that through the plots of the Jews, he had tears and trials. He was whipped a number of times and, of course, imprisoned, and he finally died a martyr's death. But he is saying, verse 20, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you in public and from house to house. As soon as he was baptized by Ananias, what did he do? He went to the synagogue and began to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. That is, Jesus is God. Jesus is the fulfillment of the coming Messiah. Jesus is our Savior. 
And he did that publicly in the synagogue and also from house to house. This is an important item. Uh, A lot of, well, shall we say, pastors would like to increase the number of people in the church, and they try and, well, do various things, have events at the church that draw people in, etc. But I found in my ministry, one of the most important ones was not only going to house to house, but I would set up a procedure whereby members of the congregation would have a Bible study in their home on Sunday nights, but they would invite neighbors to come and listen. In those days, and still today in parts, neighbors are well known to each other. They're good friends. And so they would have a little something to eat, and I would do a Bible study. And from that, came a number of new members for our Lutheran church. Why is that? Well, yesterday, after two services, uh, a Bible study, I was given the opportunity to go and see a husband and wife who are in a nursing home. He was in a wheelchair and she was in hospice. We, we met with both of them. I had my wife, Louise, with me. And he was talking about how he had become a, a Lutheran because of his wife. When he married her, she told him about Lutheranism, of course. He took the courses and became Lutheran. And I asked him whether or not they had worship services at this particular nursing home retirement center. He said, yes, they have them on Wednesdays, but many times they are not very Lutheran. He was disappointed in that, that there was not a Lutheran understanding of law and gospel. And he was well aware of that. And that disappointment was good news to me because it showed that he understood how important is realizing that nothing you do in your works will help you to get to heaven, that heaven is your home only because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So pastors do visit members in hospitals. We hope they visit members at homes, especially at the death of a loved one. But Bible studies in members' homes where they would invite their friends, relatives, and neighbors is is very, very helpful. And that's a lot what Paul was doing. Remember, Peter had that vision on the roof, and he was told to eat what was normally considered unclean meat. He said, no, Lord, I've never eaten unclean meat. But God said, what I have declared to be clean, do not consider unclean. And then he sent him to a Gentile centurion. And Peter understood for sure that the Gentiles also were part of the holy kingdom of God. 
So this occurred because Peter went to the home of the centurion, and guess who was there? The centurion's family and friends. And this is how the church multiplied, because when you hear the true message of law and gospel, you are really enamored to love Jesus and do what he wants you to do, not in order to merit heaven, but because you now realize you have inherited heaven with your sins forgiven. Now, Paul makes clear to whom he is going to be witnessing. Verse 21, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks. Now, what is he testifying? Is he just testifying about the historical events of the Bible, such as creation or crucifixion or the resurrection? No, he's testifying primarily to the meanings of those events. And he kind of quotes what Jesus is said to have said in Mark when he began his ministry, that he had come to do a mission of teaching repentance and faith in the gospel. Here's what verse 21 says. Testify both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, using the word Lord, that is referring to Jesus also as his Lord and God. In fact, that's what Revelation chapter 7 does, is you have tribes and peoples and languages from every nation standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And here's what they're crying out. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So it's very clear from the epistle reading from Revelation that salvation is also from the Lamb of God, as well as the one who sits on the throne, who is God the Father. Okay, back to Acts chapter 20. Paul says, and now, verse 22, Behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit. Now that means he's being led by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And he says, I don't know what will happen to me there, except, and here's the one point that he makes, which he learned at his baptism, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. How do we understand that? Is not being a Christian being free from suffering and afflictions? No. Blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's one of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. What does that mean? It means 
that those Christians who are doing what Paul is doing, mainly not shrinking from declaring the word of God, that they will be persecuted. And they'll be persecuted because of what they're saying about Jesus. That is a blessing because through that persecution, they receive stronger faith and rely even more on God to help them. It's something that Paul learned and says that in verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's a powerful statement that he has to finish his course, finish his mission. And that's the purpose of why pastors are shepherds of the church, under shepherds, under Jesus, in order to continue the mission of the apostles and the prophets and of Jesus. And hopefully, members of the congregation will also participate in not being afraid to testify of the truth of God's word. And a lot of them are concerned because of the immorality going on in the country. They feel that they'll lose their jobs or they'll think that they're hating people when they speak out against public sins that are going on again and again. But he says, I now behold, remember he's talking to the elders in Ephesus, now behold, and this is something he's learned from the Lord, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Paul knows that he's going to be taken into arrest, go to Rome, and he will die there. And that's why this is the last time he's talking to the elders who are the pastors in Ephesus among the many Christians that came to faith there. But remember what he says, that he's proclaiming the kingdom. A lot of people, when you ask them, well, when will you be in the kingdom of God? They'll say something like, well, when I die, my spirit goes to be with Jesus, and on the day of judgment, my body will also be there, and I will be in the kingdom. No, you are now in the kingdom, because the kingdom, which Jesus speaks about, is the holy Christian church. It's also being in heaven, the kingdom of God. But right now, because you are a member of the holy Christian church, believing in Jesus, you get many benefits from the promises of Jesus, even though you are unaware of them. And that's why 
proclaiming the kingdom is done by preaching repentance and the gospel. And as people come to faith, guess what? They're members of the kingdom of God. Verse 26, therefore, Paul says, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. I know that there are many pastors who are not proclaiming the whole counsel of God. And they're not doing that, particularly the law, because they don't want members to be angry with them. For when you preach the law, there's a self-defense mechanism set up by our sinful old Adam that says, no, I'm not really that bad. I know people who are worse than me. So why are you judging me? You need to understand, we're not judging you. We're proclaiming to you how God regards you as well as how he regards every pastor as a sinful human being who sins by thought, word, and deed and really is not worthy of going to heaven. But God also declares such sinful human beings as righteous in his sight when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul says, I'm innocent of the blood of all of you, that I have proclaimed to you the message, and therefore I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole gospel of God. Remember, he's already mentioned that in verse 20. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. Now, verse 27, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Now there is a great summary of the work of a pastor or the elder in Ephesus. Number one, it is the Holy Spirit who has made them overseers. In other words, they are there to announce not only repentance and the forgiveness of sins, but to baptize and to provide the Lord's Supper. And they are caring for the church of God which just a couple of verses earlier is proclaiming the kingdom that Paul did. And it's a church of God that came into existence, according to Paul, which Jesus obtained with his own blood. That was on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Paul continues, verse 29 of Acts 20, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, 
not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. One only has to read the history of the early church to discover the heresies that came about by so-called members of the church who were indicating, for example, Jesus is not God. He was really created, one of the first creations of God, and therefore we are not to worship him as God. He's just a human being. And such heresies divide the church. I think the greatest one, if you listen to almost any other radio station, they're always talking about God demands obedience or else you will go to hell. I was watching a movie where the father, that's what he basically said, that we need to be obedient to God so that we do not end up in hell. Well, that's not true. You cannot be obedient enough to stop from going to hell. Because in Christianity, it's not obedience that saves, it's faithfulness. Faithful to the word of God. So Paul is telling them that there are going to be arising, even within them, false teachers, and they will not proclaim the whole kingdom of God properly. Therefore, 31, be alert, remembering that for three years in Ephesus, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Now, admonishment isn't a task of the gospel. It's a task of the law. And why is that important? Because you will not want a meal unless you feel hungry. You will not want salvation unless you recognize you're a sinful person in need of being saved. And so, therefore, admonishment was part of the ministry of Paul. Verse 32, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Grace, what's that mean? That means you get that which you do not deserve, the forgiveness of sins, being a member of the family of God and heaven as your eternal home, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice, you don't get heaven by merit. You get heaven because you inherit it. It's a gift from God. And it is among all those who are sanctified. What does that mean? Well, justification is God's declaration to you that you are righteous in his sight. Sanctification is the result of your realizing that you have been saved. And therefore, you begin to do good works 
not in order to save yourself, but to thank God for saving you. Paul mentions in verse 33, During this ministry I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. That means clothing. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. See, Paul was a tent maker, and so he did work on the side to take care of his necessities, and he wasn't coming to the church in order to make money, but instead to spend his time in counseling and telling the whole gospel. Verse 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I think parents kind of have that experience at Christmas. They have, let's say, one or two children, and they give them Christmas gifts. And what a joy it is on the part of the parents to see the kids opening those presents with wonder and great thankfulness to the parents or to Santa Claus, because that's sometimes what is said, but they finally know it's from the parents. And it's more joy to give sometimes than to receive. And that's what Paul is talking about. He wasn't going to the churches to receive a lot of money from them, but rather to give to them that which they needed to hear. And that was the whole counsel of God, both repentance and a preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's the lesson from Acts chapter 20 and shows how Paul really was watching out for commending to the people the distinction between law and gospel so that they may become members of the church. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel with Mark Smith, we'll take a look at the hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.